There is something I want to share with you, but these things I have told you a lot of times. But since some of you seems not to have understood or not to remember, I try to remind you again about how to sit in a better, peaceful meditation. Number one, you meditate in group. You do, you do group meditation, either in your house or in the center, the official center. It's always helpful when you sit together in meditation. To some of you, if you find sitting face-to-face uh, more strong or more assuring, then you should, could do that. And before that, you should wash your face with cool water. Then you'll be more awakened during meditation. And before washing face, you, or after washing face, you could uh, walk around for a while, preferably in the fresh air. For many of you, my teaching verbally is still very, very um, useful. So please try to watch more video, listen more to the tapes, and put them into practice. The reason many of you don't have the desired result in meditation because you do not put my teaching into practice. Many times I've seen that. For example, I've just tell you, you know, come here, put everything else behind. Forget your families for a while. Forget everything else for a while. But then the next minute you come and ask me, my kid like this, my mother like that, my father sick, I am sick, everybody, you bring the whole village here. <laughs> you allow only one ID car, okay? All the people are not allowed. And in here you are given special, you know, button <laughs> so that people know you are on retreat. It's number one for the organization of the seat places, because we have only how many seats in this theater. Number two, for security reason, for your own security reason, because suppose anybody else will walk in here and try to, you know, mess about or make noise, because if everybody just walk in here, it's very difficult for the security members to work. Our security member as well as the hotel security members. Do you understand? They have to do their work. If something happened to them, they will be in trouble. If something happened to us, they will be in trouble. And they will lose their job, they go to jail, they go to court and all that. You want to cause trouble to other people? No, of course not. We are here, we cause enough trouble already. I mean, <laughs> for, for the organizer, for the security member, for everyone here who work to serve us, we should cooperate, but you never do. I mean, some of you, not all of you, thanks God, but just one person, two person, enough to, to spread dust around here and make trouble for me, and then in turn, I infect you with my temper. <laughs> Lion raw method. You read in the Buddhist Bible that the, 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 the Buddha sometimes used a lion raw method, He's supposed to use 4,800, 48,000. 
method to teach the disciple. One of it is the lion roar method. And a lot of people keep asking me, Master, why don't you use that method on, for us? Uh, you seem missing something. You know, like, <laughs> you teach only one method. No, I teach 84,000, 8,400,000 methods. And the lion roar method you often experience, so don't ask me anymore. Okay? Yeah, the Buddhist people think it's a mysterious method that I don't teach. <laughs> Keep asking me all the time, because they read too much, you know, on the Bible, in the Bible. The Buddhist sutra say lion roar method. Didn't you experience that all these 15 years? Yes? You still want more, some more of that? Okay, enough. I don't, don't want to teach that often either. <laughs> it's energy-consuming. The reason why I talk a lot, not because I like to talk. If you know some of my friends before, or some of my, you know, college, or some of people who study in same, sometimes same uh, teacher, or same class with me, they know I never talk. And if people try to talk to me, to, uh, me a lot, I, I would tell them off. It's not, it's not uh, the place to talk, especially during eating and all that. And yesterday I saw one of my old, oh, how you say it, fellow practitioner, and she reminded me that I used to you know, tell people not to talk to me during eating or meeting unnecessarily. Yes. And I remember, yeah, that's true. I don't talk. I was a very quiet person. Not only in family, but in any ashram or in any gathering, I keep to myself. And she said, I am used to meditate 24 hours. <laughs> Is that right, sister? Where are you? Yeah, she remembered me, but I did not remember her yesterday. She invited herself to my lunch, and that's how, <laughs> and that's how I remember her. But I do remember her now, because she was very lovely. She doesn't talk much, and she was a good very good fellow practitioner. And after she reminded me, then I remember, because I don't even remember people, because I don't talk, I don't interact too much with people anywhere. And I apologize to her for not remembering her, because I really didn't notice people. I told you also, I don't notice you so much, unless you have to work with me for a long time, and then of course I remember you. Yeah, I apologize again, our sister. Yes. But she remembered me, and and she came. <laughs> now, I say you should call me sister, not master, because <laughs> we used to have the same teacher at one time. You know, I had many teachers. You know, I told you, huh? And she said to she said to those at lunchtime that I used to meditate kind of twenty-four hours. I don't talk, and that is the truth. And this is the way you should be if you want to be like me. If you think I'm your idol, you know, your idealistic woman or practitioner, and that's how you should do. There's no secret. You have to be concentrated, one-pointed, and respect the teacher teaching. As long as you're with him or her yet, suppose one day you think I'm no good, or for any reason you walk out, it's fine. But as long as you're here, you should be concentrated, one-pointed, and to pay attention to what I instruct you to do. Then you have a good result. And if after you do all this, you don't have good result, I don't blame you if you walk out on me anytime. But if you don't put my teaching into practice, you do not pay attention to what I advise you, then if you walk out on me, I feel sorry for you, and you should feel sorry for yourself, because you didn't do your homework properly, and you missed out the great opportunity to grow. 
and to achieve what you so much desire to achieve. If I teach you anything bad at all, you should tell me right away. And if you doubt me, you ask me. That's correct. So these days, some of you have expressed your doubt and your opinion about me. I have not got mad about that. I have explained to you why. Any criticism, I welcome. Any doubt, I understand. And after I explain to you, and if you still do not believe me and don't understand, it's all right to, to, to go. But if you believe me and you want to try, then you must try all your best in order to get the best result that is for you, for yourself. Because you spend time here, you spend money to come here. Might just well make the best out of it. You understand? It's not for me. Since you have come already, you spend so much time, effort, money, and hope, they might just well do the best. That's all there is. It's not that a must for me. Or if you don't do it, this is a sin or anything. No, it is a sin to you, yourself. You waste your effort and money. And should you think it's not worth it, then don't come. Don't bother in the beginning. Or spend your time, your energy, pursuing something else, somebody else that you think is more beneficial to you. It's all right, because everyone has affinity to some different teacher. Different level of understanding will meet different people, different teacher. If, uh, if you meet a bad teacher, that's your own karma. <laughs> yeah, your inner quality that attracts this kind of master, your inner aspiration doesn't deserve a better master. So don't blame the teacher, blame yourself. Anytime you find some teacher is wrong, you change. And know that it's you who attract this kind. Understand? Hmm? No need. <laughs> no need for that. And if you should have any obstruction at home, like you feel some uh, invisible being disturbs you, and that you could not meditate very well, you feel restless, agitated, you have two kinds of uh, solutions. You can put uh, my tapes, a chanting tape, or music tape, a teaching tape in the background. Not at the back of your ground, but you know, <laughs> a low volume in front of you, not at the back. Never put anything behind your back, because your attention will be pulled backward. It will be more difficult for you to concentrate in the front. Understand? Not that you, don't, you cannot do it, it is just not uh, favorable for you. Put the tape of TV, everything in the front, or music, whatever you want to hear, anytime. Even if you hear the telephone or fax machine, anything, just in case, you know, you have to sit in the office, face the machine. <laughs> in case it rings, it rings in front of you. <laughs> Don't pull your attention backward, because that will be, you know, very difficult to pull it back to the front again. And if you listen to the phone, listen with the right ear, make it a habit. Don't listen to the left ear. Everything that pulls attention to the Left or to behind of you is no advantageous to you. Remember. And that is the one thing. Another thing, you can recite the five names loudly for as long as is necessary, or an hour, huh? every day, until the situation improves. That's another um, prevention method for you. Another kind... You can, if you are fearful, sometimes you feel invisible being around you or behind you, or you have been possessed before you came to me, and you're still fearful. 
then you can put my picture around it, around yourself, like a circle. You have a le- plenty of pictures. Don't have to be big, just small. My size enough. <laughs> it's not the size that counts. <laughs> it's a person. <laughs> Even small pictures just make a circle around you. That's why the 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 Buddhist the. That's, that is a leftover for the Tibetan tradition, for the mandala. They always draw the circle. That was the beginning of it, when the teacher teaches them to, to sit in the circle, yeah, with some of the artifacts that the master have blessed and give to them for souvenir, and full of master love and blessing. I just surrounded them. And then later they're a bit more fanciful, you know, <laughs> they're adding all kinds of things and flowers, incense and stuff and sand and color and blah, 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 blah. You can do anything else you want as long as you feel good, yeah? As long as you feel safe, secure and protected. You put my picture around it, put flower as well if you want incense or whatever, candles also, but then don't make too much smoke and then you cough all the time <laughs> because the incense and the smoke from the candles even though it's romantic and uh, it sounds, it looks spiritual, and many a times it could cause you irritation, and then uh, you will have a sore throat or some uh, congestion in the chest later, and it's a long-term, uh, as I side effect, no good. Huh? Okay, but if you can tolerate, it's okay. I don't forbid anything in our practice as long as it makes you feel good. You could even make a beads or recite or a rosary, whatever. But then you become too much attached to that beads and that habit, and then you forget to concentrate here, and it's difficult to call back again. Because every day we already attach too much to the outside world. You understand? Yeah. But in the morning we get up, we have to wash our face, clean our teeth, and look, make up, and you know, put tight on and all that. It's already too materially conscious. Then in the job we have to conscious on money, and then go home still think of money. Remember? Yeah. So every day we meditate on either woman, man, ties, jewelry, makeup, or woman, or money already. (laughs) So when we have time for ourselves to meditate, I have, uh, or any master, you know, I just learn it from them. (laughs) Okay? When I say I, it's just a habit. (laughs) We. (laughs) We should, you know. We should put our attention inward. That's why. Not that any master or I myself for that reason forbid you to do this, do that, because we're fanatic, because we're authoritative. It's not true. Understand now? Yeah? When we ourselves, we should just forget everything else. Just concentrate inside the wisdom center. Actually, when you look with the wisdom eye, it's, it's inside. And besides, we're not inside, we're not outside, we're not anywhere. So it's just a matter of speaking so you know how to do it physically. Otherwise, when you close your eyes, you shut your ears, and everything else is inside, then you are no contact with the physical world that much. That's why. That's why you be inside and be alone with yourself, and then know yourself, realize yourself again, that you are the Spirit, that you are God, that you are the Buddha. And that's why all the rosary and the beads and all that at that time it would be more detrimental, more obstructing to our concentration. It's not that it's no good. Everything reminds you of God is good. A picture, a rosary, a cross, a Buddha statue, anything welcome. Except when you meditate, it is better to put out everything, absolutely, because you are the Buddha, you are the cross, you are God. This is no need. <laughs> Any other reminder stuff. But the mandala, 
It's just to protect you. Suppose when sometimes some of the people, rare, some rare individual, have fear of the invisible being that disturbed them before and uh, the haunted memories still disturb them, or fear of darkness, then that's why in the, in the old time they light a candle to meditate. So that person don't feel fearful. So sometimes I advise some of you to can leave the light on, and that's all right. But it doesn't mean that we have to do it all the time, or everybody has to do it. But then one learns from another and says, oh, I feel good after the candle is on and all that. And everybody does that. It just become a habit. It should not be that way. When you sit, you'll be alone. No need any artifact. No need candle, no need flower, no need incense. Everything is distracting you anyhow. The, the, the candle flicker, 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 flicker. <laughs> the incense smell and then... <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> and then you sit there and you think, hmm, this is frankincense. I, I don't like it. I like sandalwood wood better. And then, <laughs> and, you, and then you argue with yourself back and forth, and then, and then two hours gone. Yeah, next time you put some other flower, oh, rose. That's really, I'm allergic to rose. I prefer chrysanthemum, and blah, blah, blah. And then you spend all the time going out and buy chrysanthemum just because a neighbor told you that when he meditated, he put chrysanthemum and looked like Master came and it feels so good and I meditate better. Da, da, da. You know, it, blind faith is a detrimental. It's detrimental to your practice. Everything everyone tells you, including my speech, you should prove it. You should, uh, uh, you know, you should analyze it, whether it is logical before you accept it. And I think you accept most of my teaching or all of my teaching because it's logical to you, because it doesn't defy your intelligence. Uh, it, 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 it's it's uh, accord with your intelligence yeah, and with the common sense, with the most logic thinking you can think of. And that's why you accept them. And should it not be logical to you, you are free to deny it or tell me right in the face, write a letter to me or whatever, and let me try to explain to you if I can. If not, then... If you don't still accept it, then that means you think differently. That's okay. We all have a different choice to live our life and different choice of thinking. That's all right with me. But don't waste your time if you already know it is not for you. <laughs> okay? And if you're here, try all your best. Try all your best to do it so that you get the best out of your money, your effort, and your time. You can also... Massage your wisdom eye with a little oil, you know, or alone. If it's too dry, then with the oil it goes smoother. It also helps with the wrinkle, I guess. <laughs> Some old person like me, <laughs> I don't do it often, okay? Just do it during makeup. If you have difficulty in concentration, you could massage a little like this with your thumb or with your fingers, huh? Uh, up to the wisdom eye like this here. And then you stop it right there, you know, for a while. Stop like this, or you just massage it, then stop it uh, afterward, okay? Over here, huh? And when you come to retreat or group meditation, better don't look around too much. I know I tell you, if you, are not, if you don't look at a woman, you're not normal, but <laughs> that is for that guy only, whoever that was. I forgot already. Just to let him know that he's normal. He's a single, a bachelor. Yeah? Of course, when he sees a beautiful woman, he looks. But the less you look, the better for you. Especially when you're already married or have a girlfriend or have a husband or have a boyfriend, the less you look, the better. Yeah? The less turbulent. The more you can concentrate to work on your relationship. 
and you will derive much more benefit, happiness from that relationship. And it will boost your confidence and uh, your enthusiasm to go on with everything in life, including practice spiritual meditation. Just don't indulge in all this physical pleasure too much, and then you'll be uh, too tired <laughs> to sit in meditation, to less time to devote yourself, you know, in spiritual practice. That's all. Everything in moderation is fine. If you need it, you know, if you need a girlfriend, a boyfriend, you feel lonely, if you want somebody to talk to, accompany you, anywhere you go, then it's all right, okay? Then don't look around anymore. Once you find one, stick with it and work for it because that's how you be happy. Uh, the more partners you have, the less happy you, 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 you are, believe me. That's, that's why all the masters advise you to t- take only one spouse, not because they, they, they're jealous with you or tell you anything else. It's not much of the moral even. It is for your own sake that you should be only married or have one partner. Understand? Apart from being immoral, cause, causing harm and hurt and injury, Emotionally, to other people, if you're flying around too much, you know, and hitting everybody <laughs> in the heart, <laughs> apart from being immoral, it is unhappiness when you do that. Very, very unhappy. You will feel empty. There is a difference between making love and having sex. I'm sorry, I have to tell you straight. There's nothing wrong with that, is it? Yeah, because I have to, huh? Making love is you involved emotionally, spiritually, bodily, mentally, together to be one, to be united with your partner, sharing all this love and affection you have, and all your being is involved in it. Having sex is just satisfy this uh, temporary lust for a while, and then you feel very empty, sometimes feel very guilty, and get sick out of it, and get terrible disease also, because you do it as a habit, and then any partner will do, and you forget to be cautious, you know, and your body resistance is not there to even combat the disease, should it be there? Because you're low in a moral standard, in, in, in emotional, in emotional uh, fulfillment, low in spiritual uh, God, yeah? low in mental preparation. So everything is low at that time when you just have casual sex. So your body is weak, your mind is weak, your spiritual is weak. So when you catch a disease, you're finished. Understand? You're making love to your partner. It's different. Everything is high. You feel blissful. You feel loved. You feel affectionate. You feel togetherness. You feel trust. You understand? So everything is high. Your emotion is high, your mind is high, your spirit is high, your passion is high, your love is full. That's why you are a different level of being. Nothing can touch you. You're equipped with all resistance. Should any little disease come to you, your body repel it. It doesn't even come to you because all the whole being is prepared for this supreme act of love and dedication and unification. You understand? Between two persons. You become like one. So everything is all right, everything is pure. You don't feel filthy, you don't feel guilty, you don't feel empty afterward, you don't feel exhausted. You understand? You might be a little tired, but just from happiness. 
it's, it's not like the exhaustion and the emptiness, the sucked out feeling that you uh, just, uh, you know, abuse the, 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 the act of sexuality for your own satisfaction physically. That's entirely different. You understand now? That's why we have to be faithful, to work one with our relationship, because it will bring us happiness. For, for us, number one. Everything else is number two. So any precepts that the Master in the old time give to us is an ocean of wisdom. It's not a restriction. It's not a controlling method. It's not a dictative kind of a statement. It is for our own sake and happiness. And it's very, very wise to follow. So if you don't want any trouble, stop looking around too long. <laughs> you can be polite and friendly, eh? but don't deliberately look for trouble, especially somebody else's. If you know it, don't look. Of course, sometimes you don't know, and <laughs> you look and then you have trouble, and that's something else. But if you already do know, yeah, don't start it. <laughs> It's, it's bad enough that you don't know why you started, and then later you have to take care of it. But if you already know that they belong to somebody else, better never ever start it. Okay? Because mm. you get in deep trouble. And once you have somebody else already, and the past one, you should just put it behind you. It don't serve you. Normally when we look at the past, it's always better. We forget the, the bad parts, we only remember the good parts. But the present is the best. Yeah, present is the best. When you look after your present situation, your present relationship, it always brings you immediate benefit. If you always look at the past or the future, it don't bring you nothing but worry, sorrow, regret, and illusion. So always look to the present, whether it's in business, in spiritual practice, in retreat, or in personal relationship, because that's the only thing that brings you benefit right now. The past cannot do anything. We always uh, uh, have illusion about the past that is good. It's not good. The problem is when you go to retreat, you cannot put down everything the way you should do, the way I always ask you to do. And that's why you come up to the stage, ask me all kind of nonsense, especially the Vietnamese, the Chinese. I have been patient until I burned out. <laughs> If you ask a very uh, low-level question, you can bring the atmosphere into a lower level too. You know, throw dirt on everybody somehow. We'll be all affected. And I have to clear it in a different way. So please forgive me if I use a lion roar method sometimes. I could use another method, but, you know, tiger roar method. Tiger. <laughs> if it makes any difference to you, I change. <laughs> All right, so another some... Okay, this is about bettering your meditation uh, progress. Is there anything I forgot that you wanted to, to ask or to tell me? Is there any... Yes? Uh, Master, I'm thinking of becoming a massage therapist, and I was wondering if I should wear rubber gloves when I touch other people. If to, uh, the customer prefer that way. Sometimes they don't. To protect myself, though, from their vibration or their oil? You can do that, too. But I don't know if your customer will like it. You can explain to them that, uh, like, this is more hygienic for them, then they probably like it. Yeah, maybe you are the first one ever that wear gloves on massage. 
try. Well, I'd, I'd heard that the vibration of the person is uh, yes. concentrated in the oil of the skin. Uh, of course, honey, of course. Okay. You don't even have to touch them. You sit near them enough. But what do you do? You know, <laughs> we, we can't. Then you go to the Himalaya and you don't even touch anybody. That's why. This is a point to consider, you know. That's why in the old time, when the practitioner do meditation, they don't touch people, they don't let people touch them. You see all the monks, they use a cover from head to toe and none and all that, so that people don't touch them and they don't have to touch people. And now this spiritual practice results in caste system in India. The Brahmin caste, you cannot touch them and they don't touch nobody. They still think like that. They still think they are the first class, even though they don't practice anything. It's just a result from probably they are the descendant of the Kuan Yin practitioner a long time ago. And the tradition kept on. Only the tradition and the ritual, nothing else. Yes, so many rituals that confuse people. It's nothing but the remnants of the past glory and the past true, true practice, practitioners. But now I, we cannot avoid to touch people, can we? You know, if you wear gloves all the time, people will think you're weird too. Be careful. Yeah? That's why in the old time they, they go together in a group, go to the temp, you know, jungle or caves, and you know, meditate there together. They don't eat outside food, they don't touch other people. It's like that. But then today it's, it's very impractical. Only some people can do that. In this world, when we have to survive, it's very difficult. And even if we want to have a spiritual village, how many people would come? They get bored also. They would want to go out and touch others. <laughs> okay? Uh, I have another solution, is that whenever you massage the people, you keep reciting five names all the time, you know, and kind of uh, sh- uh, make a shield of protection around you in your mind, the golden flame of shield all over your body and your hands. But I don't know, I don't know if like this your, your energy still come out or not, to help people or not. Try, huh? If not, then just uh, break the circle and wear the gloves. And if it doesn't work, then take the gloves away and just do it. <laughs> Recite the five names, okay? Thinking that you're doing it for God and that the person who lay under your hands is God. But you have to be strong in that conviction, or else it doesn't work also. Okay? What else? Yes. Yeah. May I give something to one of your attendants for you? What is it? It's, uh, lyrics to two songs I wrote in your oh, honor. Songs, okay, okay. Songs, all right. Yes. I thought it's something physical. Mm. I don't no. accept no. gift and don't make me break my vows of <laughs> purity. Don't contaminate me. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much. You. I believe they are good because the song you presented to us was fun. <laughs> and the way you did it, oh, everybody enjoyed I enjoyed it very much. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, was, I was very happy that you enjoyed it. Okay. Yes. I also have a question. Huh? Um, I also have a question. Yes. When we die and we go to the fifth level and we decide to come back to complete some mission, is it possible that we could get trapped again in the web of samsara? No, no. After you become, if you have come to the first level as a master, yeah, in there you become master. And if you came back down again, 
you betrayed for a while, of course, as every other mortal, you know, because you will forget your past, your glory, and your purpose, and your mission at the age of about three or four, or five, or seven at the most. And then after that, uh, you live as everybody else. You'll be tricked into all kinds of situations. You might even live the worse life than anyone else. Yeah? You know, everything will distract you, everything, because the Maya will try the hardest on you. You probably have the hardest disease. You probably have many girlfriends follow you, and you don't know which one to follow. And you probably couldn't follow the vegetarian diet from the beginning. Anything, anything, they try anything to tear you apart. But then you get up again. You always have a nagging question in your heart. What am I doing here? You know? In every the middle of the enjoyment, you will always have a nagging question. Is it right? I don't feel like it. I don't feel good in this. Yeah? You always, even the Maya have to try the best to teach you. You still have this nagging question about what you should do in this life. So finally you will get up and then become the master again. So there's no problem. After you reach the fifth, no problem. Thank you, okay? Master. That's why if any of you want to save the world, please first save yourself. <laughs> what else is there that I forgot? Yes. Master, uh, I've noticed the more that I've been meditating, the more I've become uh, tolerant with uh, the world and my environment. But I also notice that the more positive I get the more negativity that seems to be, I pull in and I feel it's like a balance. Uh, it being Christmas, I was thinking of the life of Christ and how such a positive uh, person could meet with such great opposition. Yes. And I've been wondering, is, is it uh, that uh, we go through our lives and the more we develop ourselves spiritually, the more we have to deal and endure with the opposition, or can we get to a point where we find that uh, just uh, opposition just goes away and we don't have to endure it anymore? That will be fine. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> me too. <laughs> if you find it, tell me. <laughs> uh, not as long as you are here. You understand? But um, if... <laughs> If you are just a disciple, you know, just an ordinary enlightened being, then it's possible, very much possible at the end, yeah? Or you go to the Himalaya, sit in a cave somewhere, and just radiate bliss and joy every day and eat uh, uh, lentil soup and rice. Because <laughs> there they don't have anything. <laughs> Transportation difficult. If you can use the word coconut every day, then you go to an island, you know, and climb the trees and meditate under it every day. Oh, wait, wait until the coconut comes out, come down. Otherwise, as long as we have to struggle in this world, you will find negativity just behind your heels everywhere, every time. And especially if you are the master, oh, deep trouble. <laughs> this is the strongest is there, you know? The strongest negativity is around the master all the time. And if he cannot get the master, he get the attendants or the one nearby, the family members, whatever. Yeah, and by the way, yeah, this is not a family business. As most in, in enterprise, you know, like the father die, give it to the son. 
and Sandai gives to the grandson or wife or whatever, etc. This is not a, bus- a family business as you would already realize. That's why many masters do not pass the mantle of spiritual inheritance to his son or his daughter or his wife or his husband, whatever. You understand? It is not transferable that way. It has to be earned inside, individually. It could happen that the husband, the wife, or the son, or the daughter has attained this spiritual hate, then it's okay. Then it's okay. But it's not inherit, inheritable like other possession. Therefore, Jesus asked his disciple when he said, Oh, your mother come, your sister come. He said, Who is my mother? Who is my sister? Only the one who do God's will like I do. This is they are my relatives. Same, similar to any master's friends or so-called uh, associates. Many of the people come to a master for glory, to just abuse his power and his uh, influence on the people. So they try hard to get near. I'm not talking about the disciple of the master, huh? talking about the people outside who try to get in in any situation so that they can uh, glow for a while, you know. <laughs> because the Master will know a lot of people, have a lot of influence, and sometimes uh, the financial situation is good. Because any Master, the disciple will support, you know, financially. And if he say one word, he will have millions at no time. Uh, no, 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 not me. Maybe I'm not a Master, maybe I'm not like that. <laughs> what I mean is, even then, you know, God... Give us in different way. Eh? I don't need it from the disciple. But many people who comes to any master would, uh, for their personal gain, yeah, to be friend or whatever. I often experience that too. But I never learned. I always welcome everyone with my open arm until they kick me in the butt or something else. <laughs> then I realize, oh, another one. My God. Okay. Goodbye. Yeah. Sometimes it's difficult to say goodbye afterward because they already make themselves too well-known, to welcome into the master house and other disciples because of the master, because the love of the master and respect of the master, love and respect that person too. And the master can never tell the disciple how bad that person is because this is below his or her dignity to talk bad about people, even if it's true or not true. So if you happen to see any my associate or any master associate, please don't, do not involve personally. You understand? The master friend is not a master. And a master associate might have nothing to do with master quality. The master cannot guarantee anybody who comes near him about his personal interest, personal quality at all, at all time. Even family members of the master you should not glorify them and look upon them in the light of respect for the Master <laughs> because you will be disappointed and feel cheated and have Master sometimes responsible for it. It is not this way. The Master cannot be responsible at any time to your personal involvement to any of his you know, associates or family members or friends, so-called friends or whatever. The Master is friend to anybody the good and the bad, the sinner and the saint alike, because that's the business of the Master. The Master has to be like that. What do you expect the Master to be, right? But for yourself, 
You have to protect yourself. You have to discriminate. You should not associate the master with any of his associates, because that would be a great illusion and delusionment for you. You will be disappointed, hurt, and cheated sometimes, many a times. I cannot pinpoint to you who, what, and when, but I tell you as a general guide, do not be misunderstood, uh, do not be misled into this kind of situation. Understand? Yes, because the maya are in many forms, <laughs> always near the master and try to delude you and use the master power and credit and good reputation for their own benefit. Sometimes uh, the disciple also don't know, and anyone comes and claims, Oh, I know the master, because the master once let me in her house and have dinner, or something like that. Because the master is in the hospital. Sometimes that person comes with another good person, or a good friend, you know, and that good friend also don't know that person. It's just somehow associated. Then they link together and they try to squeeze their way in, and then the other disciple think, Oh, master know that person, invite her one or him. Yeah, and the disciple think, Oh, yes, my master invites you. Oh, then you are my God too. You are my master too. And then they invite him, and then later, because of this association, try to lend money or borrow or thing like that or cheat them into doing some service to them, which is immoral. Or maybe that guest of honor wasn't an honorable person, according to our teaching standard or the moral standard of the world. Then the master cannot be held responsible for that. So you just be careful and intelligent, whomever you choose to associate with. Understand? And do not hold me responsible for anything you do, for anyone who go near me or claim to be my friend, my guest, or whatever it is that have anything to do with me. I'm a very independent, private, alone person. But I welcome everyone because I don't dig into their private life. I don't talk bad about people even if I knew afterward. So you be careful, all right? We will have many guests, many people. They will look all distinguished and good and humble and respectful to me. But anything else behind my back, I cannot be held responsible. So don't think if my guests come, any guests come, is uh, is up to your taste and up to your standard, and it's up to my taste even. You know, I cannot help that. I don't. I'm not an FBI, you know, chief who run my. Uh, reference lying down into your private uh, telephone or anything, tape your phone or something, that I know what's going on. Sometimes I do know by accident, but still it is not possible for me to filter out everything for you, to protect you. So please do protect yourself. Understand that? Yeah, that's one thing. Uh, Just by the way, because you mentioned it, it's good. Because we will be having a lot of... um, conference and retreat and a lot of people invite me here and there all the time and you also sometimes come with me. Sometimes the inviting people are not the one who really invite. And the, 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 the hosts are somebody else and we did not know also. And the disciple did not know and then they send me all the good reference and then I have no reason to refuse. And then when I go there, it's somebody else. They're probably opposite to our teaching or it's not up to our uh, liking. 
Uh, sometimes people always uh, screaming on top of their lungs, like, Uni- unify religion, unify uh, spiritual uh, teachers and uh, spiritual group and spiritual organization, peace for the world and all that. How? I told you the joke already. One time, <laughs> the disciple of Master Ching Hai prayed to God for world peace. Pray for a long time, you know, do all kind of possible position to... <laughs> to entice God for world peace, and then nothing happened. And then they ask God, why is that they blame you, complain to God? We pray so hard, and we meditate seven days on our butt, and all kind of thing, and we fast also, and you, you don't move. Yeah? No peace in the world yet. We pray for world peace, and how come you don't grant us? And God shake his head and say, I also pray for world peace a long time, and it didn't happen. And <laughs> <laughs> nothing we get. not possible. Mm. Yeah, we are all God, and He prayed to all this God, and it didn't happen. How will we pray for only one God? How would He do? How can He do anything about it? <laughs> yeah. The world peace cannot happen because too many opinions. Every leader, even good leaders, have different opinions already about how to run the world. And and uh, on top of that, the religious, so-called religious leader, jump on it and influence the the, the, the national leaders as well, and he couldn't do much without this uh, um, uh, greatest uh, religious power behind him, on behind them. And then there's Congress, there's lawmakers, there's judges, there's everything else. For example, in America lately, you know, the, the president and the government and uh, the Congress has uh, asked that... Uh, the violent or sex, sex movies, late-night movies, you know, uh, X-rays or whatever, Y-rays, whatever that is, should be banned from TV because the kids might watch them. It's no good for them. That sounds good. But then some of your church <laughs> say, no, that violates constitutional right. So that's not done. You see what I mean? So even though a good president, good government, a good congress is not always powerful enough. There's too many laws, many catch, many red tapes, many loopholes somewhere that things cannot be done the way we want. Don't talk about world peace. Yeah? We might pray for it because that's what we want. We can ask for what we want, but whether it might happen or not, uh, let's see. Huh? If enough people want it, it might happen, but it's not enough people. <laughs> you know, most people still cling to their own opinion. Let it be, let it be that in our small group at least we are unified in our idealism, in our desire for peace and happiness in this world. In order to do that, we have to put down ourselves, our opinion, you know, I mean our wrong opinion, and have to put the practice the teaching of the masters in the, into practice. Every one of the masters teach us renunciation. Renunciation not necessarily means to become a monk or nun and forsake the family. Renunciation means you forget it in your heart. You detach yourself from your own circle of self-interest, of the, the desire always to put your family first or your own first before everyone else. 
A spiritual journey is a very lonely journey. Only you can enter the kingdom of God. Even if you go to the fifth level of consciousness, not all your members you can take with. No, none. Unless they practice as hard as you and attain the same level. You are the only one who will enter the, first le- the fifth level or the sixth, or, you know, the highest kingdom. Everyone else stay below, stay somewhere else. Liberated, but not in one level of consciousness. You cannot put your kid in the university just because you are a professor. Same, same thing. It's not a family business in a spiritual practice. Therefore, most masters don't give the mantle of spiritual leading, leader grow, grow into his family. There's one time in the Sikh history, the master gave it down to his family members, and that caused a lot of bloodshed because it was against the karma, against God's will. Because those spiritual uh, successors has not, has not much up to the standard of a master. There was a Sikh master, I don't remember the fifth or the fourth. He had a daughter. He has family, yeah, so he has a daughter. And one time he meditated in the night, and his daughter sit uh, on the floor, you know, with him. Because in India, even if you're a family member, you don't sit at the same level as the master, not even sit in the same chair. So even family member, even your wife, husband, sit on the floor because the master is the only one. (laughs) There's no family business there. It's not like king or queen and sit beside each other. But even queen, the English queen, you know, even in a worldly way, the queen of England, her husband has to walk three steps behind. Do you know that or not? Yes. Even though he's her husband, three steps behind, that's it. That's the rule. And in India, uh, all the masters sit alone on a chair, and everyone else, including his mother and father, sit on the floor. That's the old tradition, not only in India. Don't think you sit here because I think that way. It's not true. <laughs> Just <laughs> No, in my home, you, you sit on the chair with me, right? Yesterday, you have lunch with me, you sat on all the chair, right? As long as we have enough chair, we put all the chair from bedroom or living room, every chair just for you to sit. It's not that I think that tradition is applicable to us. No, no, I don't care. You can sit on top of my shoulder or my head, I don't care. As long as you practice and be a good person, yeah? It's not because you sit here because I'm a master, it's not that. Just we cannot afford all the chairs here and... You know, what for? You sit on a chair, you just fall on the floor, and then we have to bother the first aid system. Right? The reason why you sit on the floor is because it's safer. You sit on the floor at home too. Right? We meditate and we go into somebody. <laughs> and then we often fall from anywhere. <laughs> yeah, but another thing I tell you to, to sit better in meditation, also sometimes if you have backache or too, too tired to sit on the floor, you can sit on the sofa like this with cushion soft behind you, and then you can meditate well sometimes, okay? Just sometimes. But uh, some, the, the floor in front of you must be it, not too high from the sofa or the chair that you sit. In case you fall, it won't be a great injury. No, it's practical. Huh? Or put cushion all over. In case you fall, you fall on the cushion and continue to sleep there. <laughs> it's practical. <laughs> okay. 
uh, and uh, all right. So where where were we? Huh? The Sikh and the daughter. Okay. So I just explained the the system where the master sits on high and uh, people sit on the floor lower level with the master, so that you understand the story I'm talking about now. Okay not to impose this on you. Okay, so the daughter was sitting on the floor next to his bed, I don't know, the cot or the chair, the, the couch where he sat to meditate. And the master was sitting on top of the bed or the couch, of Indian, and then to meditate. And then one of the leg gives in. Probably he was fat, like, you know, the picture there. <laughs> you know, old Indian way of making things not safe. So one of the legs gave in and, and uh, it nearly fell and the master was in samadhi. And the daughter did not want the master fell over and disturb his samadhi. So she put her hand to hold the chair instead of the leg and the nail pierced into her hand and get bleeding. But she kept like that out of devotion. She just kept on like that. Despite, despite, despite the pain and the bleeding, she kept on like that all night until the master walked out of Samari next morning. So the master saw that and was very, very touched in his heart. And out of impulse and love, he said to her, Anything you wish, I will grant. And she said, Okay, I wish the spiritual mantle will be passed to my son and the next generation, into our family. And the master already promised, so he has to keep it. But his face becomes so green after that, because he knows what's going to happen. He, was, he see the bloodshed and the harassment and the persecution that follows the promise, because that wasn't supposed to be so. The spiritual mantle has to be fairly passed on to whomever supposed to be the master. But the master can will that to happen too. Of course, he can pass on to anybody he wants. <laughs> and since he has promised already, he grant any wish that she deserves, she wants. He cannot, keep, uh, he cannot take it back. He explained to her that, why cannot you wish anything else except this? Because you know it's not fair. But she insists. She insists on her wish. And then he has to give in because he has promised. As a master, you cannot take back what you promise. So that's how the Sikh masters, after that, has been persecuted, has been followed, hunted for many generations afterward. And so many bloodshed, so many sorrow upon the master and the disciples as well. And the Sikh religion only retained the religious teaching afterward and no more uh, lineage of spiritual uh, heritage. So that's, uh, I tell you this story to emphasize the thing I told you before, that it's not a family business. Anyone who wants to make use spiritual power, spiritual privilege for personal gain, glory, or family benefit will fall. We bring misfortune upon themselves and their family in the future. God doesn't give us this blessing just for personal benefit. I have told you many times again and again, we should come to God alone for wisdom, 
for God alone, for the sake of love, and not for any material gain. Every other thing God gives us or the Master gives us is extra bonus. It should not be a must, a thing that should be done for you as an obligation. Like some of the people yesterday told me, I prayed to you and my sickness is gone. Now I pray to you for my son. You have many doctors, you know. If it happened that you prayed to the Master and your sickness is gone, it's very good. But do not expect next time, okay, now, uh, this is my grandmother, and now the next is my son, and next is my blah, blah, blah. You know, don't have this kind of taking things for granted, that the Master has to do this, do that for you. It's okay when you do it naturally, you know, out of spontaneity, out of impulsiveness of that time, because you really need it. Everything naturally will be granted, provided it is God's will. Mostly God would grant, or the Master would take it upon himself or herself to grant you the wish, if it's proper. But everything that we deliberately calculate just for our own benefit, for the, or the near one, dear one, that will bring disaster, bring a lot, bring a lot of chaotic uh, side effect afterward, which we do not even realize. And then later something come upon us, and we blame why, how, and we lament and we cry and all that. It is because of our selfish, low-level desire, and we blame it to everyone else, everything else in every situation. It should not be this way. Spiritual practice is not for material gain, not at all. But by the way, we will have so much material gain, so much, so much. If necessary, we ask. If not, we should not. We should not stress to the limit and always concentrate on always material gain or the welfare of our body. Then, then, then we will stray away from our original purpose to attain liberation, to attain the highest wisdom, and in order to help ourselves and help others. It's perhaps all right for the beginner, but if you practice for a while already and you have grown up somewhat, you should grow up. You should be more mature, more noble, <laughs> instead of concentrate on material benefit all the time, be it money, uh, just a moment, be it money or, or, or wealth or health, yeah, or personal relationship. Yes? Thank you, Master. I was going to suggest that perhaps more centers or more places for meditation be available, oh, uh, like the fellow from Massachusetts. No, everywhere. Oh, okay. It's a rare opportunity to be able to follow a master, I think. Only if somebody uh, volunteer to do it, also when it is necessary. You understand? If it's not necessary, we, we don't have to do that. Well, I guess I, I don't feel comfortable being alone on my path. I think this should be spread a lot more. Of course you don't. You, you, you can spread out more. But it doesn't have to be a center there. Is it no center around you? No, no, I'm not speaking for me. I'm thinking that, uh, for instance, from where I live, it's about an hour and 20 minutes. It's not terrible, but I'm wondering why there aren't more places. Oh, if, if there are people who demand for it, then it will be. We only do things when necessary. I don't plan center around the world. They spring up whenever situation arise. When right. people demand it and ask for it and it's appropriate, if there's a place, the people who run it, then it will happen. 
if you can afford it in your home and if people like to come to your home, there's no harm to meditate, the more the better. It's all right. Okay? No problem. Mm. What, what else I have forgotten? Now the woman support me? No? Um, I was wondering about with the spreading of the light that um, when we meditate, as far as keeping world peace and radiating the, radiating the light of God around, uh, when initiates all get together in one place, it's more powerful. But what about when we all meditate at the same time? Because sometimes what happens is uh, uh, we operate like a phone line. Mm-hmm. Someone tells me, then I phone somebody else, and we're all going to meditate at 7 o'clock, wherever we are. Is that powerful too? It's not possible, sister, even if it is. When you meditate, I sleep. When I sleep, somebody else working. It's a different timing, different places all the time, but and different convenience. It's not possible to meditate uh, the whole world, or the whole America even together at the same time. Yeah. Thank you. I'm a professional speaker master. And I know that the contact people, for example, have to meditate four hours a day, three to four hours a day. I speak on spirituality. That's one of my topics. And I'm wondering if I should be meditating more because I come into contact with hundreds of thousands of people in my job. Mm -hmm. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Should I or is two and a half hours enough? I don't know. No. No? You should meditate 40 hours a day. Wow! <laughs> if you want to take on that kind of job. What are you doing? You're a priest or something? No, I, I'm a professional speaker, so I, I open... You what? Con- a professional speaker. For Let's say there's a conference somewhere. Uh-huh. I will open the conference or close the conference. Uh-huh. Uh, I and there could be thousands of people like this. Uh, MC, and, like... Uh-huh. Uh, I'll speak for an hour on spirituality. Oh. Oh. And I will speak about you or... Why, why, why you? Is there an organization or something? No, I, I own my own company, and I'm an author, and so I, I, I a help. Sp- a spiritual company? Yes. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> How about turn our into company? <laughs> <laughs> well, I also do team building and business skills, what, too. You do what? I, I also teach business skills like team oh, building and coaching. Oh, but I I, more and more because of you oh, in I my life, I help, uh, I, I speak on spirituality. I understand, yes. So I, I often worry that I don't meditate. Yes, enough. the more you meditate, the better, ma'am. Yes. <laughs> For your spiritual strength. Because you have to share it when you talk. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Master. I wanted to ask about um, dreams. Um, the what? 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 Dreams. Uh, dreams. Ah. Yes. Uh, during my practice, I, I know I have um, dreams and I go different places, but I, I very rarely remember them. Uh-huh. Um, I often wake up and know that something has happened, but I just don't know what. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering if there's any way to, any method to help you remember your dreams. Um, <laughs> I think you wake up and you write it down. <laughs> if you wake up at all. Huh? Okay. Yeah. If not remember, it's fine too. It's fine too. Okay. Mm. Right. It's pleasant to remember, but it's not possible to many people. Okay, then you tell yourself before you sleep that, okay, if I'm going to dream anything, please remember, uh, rem- I will remember and I will write it down. Just keep repeating to yourself and then one day you will remember. If you want it that badly. <laughs> if not, I suggest you just forget it. 
we daydream is bad enough already. <laughs> uh, okay. Who else? Ah. Before I met you, and uh, after I w before I was initiated, I already had the sound. Yes. But I didn't know it. Yeah. I didn't know what was. Yes. I thought that was high blood pressure, uh, mm. pressure because mm. I suffer from that. So I went to the doctor and I never get rid of that. So after I started making you, uh, the Kanji method, then I realized what was mm. it. Good, good. But then all my back is uh, moving when I make the, uh, the Kuan Yin. All my spinal uh, style, um, like... like um, Contrasting? Uh-huh. Oh. And like That's moving the muscles. That's Kundalini moving. That, and, <laughs> and that I don't know what is it. It's okay. It's Kundalini moving. It's good. Just don't pay attention. It's good. Don't pay attention. Uh -huh. It's not good, but it's no, good, no bad. Uh, don't pay attention. It, it, will, it will regulate itself, okay? Uh, okay? Don't pay attention. Thank you. Mm. Whatever you have a sensation in your body, don't pay attention during your meditation. That's the best, whether good or bad, okay? Yes, uh, Master. Uh, when I meet my friends again, mm. they want still to meditate together. Oh. So the question is, uh, if I can still meditate with them, they would follow their own uh, way. <laughs> if you want to, and then you meditate in two methods. No, I do, I do now uh, the med meditation, uh -huh. yes. They would do theirs. So is that possible? One, two, you can. They don't help you much, that's all, okay? Because only when two <laughs> people and more sit in my name, <laughs> then I'll be there with them. That's what Jesus said. When two people sit in different directions, it's a little bit pulling apart for you. But otherwise you can meditate anywhere with anybody, anyhow, you know, let alone your friends. Okay, you can meditate even on the bus and with dogs, with cats, or why not with your friends. In that sense, no problem. Okay, all right, Master. Uh, I I hear what you say about when the sound come, this the sound come from the left side. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I hear the sound from from the right. Mm -hmm. After a while, the same sound come from the left. Mm -hmm. Other times come from up. I I have to to receive only the right side. Not the above. Just concentrate on the above or the right side. It's better for you. Yeah. Eh? If you could do that, it's better. But that sound came come when I am not concentrated. I know, I know. Then to try to pull it to the right, or ignore it. Okay. okay. But uh, concentrating on the left or paying attention to the left is not so good for you. Okay. It makes you agitate afterward. It's not so spiritual, uh, beneficial to you. Okay, thank That's you. All, thank okay? you very much. Yeah. It's not from the left, it's not from the right. It's just our attention is so used to it, the hearing from the ears, that our attention always pay attention to the ears. <laughs> and that's why we hear it from left or from right. We hear it from inside, actually, you see? Uh, so if we have to hear it from the ears, it's better from the right side. The right side of the brain is better for us spiritually. The other side of the brain is for logic, region, business, money, and blah, blah. <laughs> you know it from science, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Cuando uno sufre, libera karma. When one suffers, does it clear karma? Well, what? Does suffering clean karma? Ah, oh, yes, it does. 
Entonces, ella, ella me preguntó, me, me pidió que le preguntara si cuando ella ve películas tristes y llora mucho, libera karma. So she asked um, to ask you that when she sees sad movies and cries, does that clean her karma? <laughs> yes, it does clean the karma of the movie makers. The producers. You know, wherever you go with that movie, so they will get some money and clear their debt, debt and all that. <laughs> hmm. Nada. Master, I have had a recurring idea recently that everyone I know, everyone I meet, everyone I see, everyone I hear about is somehow a facet of my own personality. And that somehow, if everyone else has that same perception, it somehow interacts and it's, it just keeps recurring to me that it's reality and yet it's not a reality. And from the people who are um, perhaps the angriest to the people who are the most blessed, it all seems to be some kind of a facet in my own personality. Is some that kind, nonsense? Kind of, some kind of what? Oh, oh. Yes, yeah, it can be true. It's true? Yeah. If you see them in that way, that means you have a part of it. <laughs> you attract it. So why? It seems not like Not all it. the time, not all the time, yes. I just didn't know if that was part of the oneness or if that was just a... Just part of... Uh, some part of yours before, but not now. Maybe in the past or in other lifetime or before initiation. And you, you can see it now, better, clearer than before. Before you don't see it, you were blind. Thank oh, yeah. Meanwhile, you asked me about Jesus, right, someone? Yeah? But Jesus, that why such a positive and radiant personalities or being has to endure that kind of uh, negative suffering, right? Why his disciples? It's a dark age. As all the fishes his disciples have caught. <laughs> yeah, they hook them and they cross them and they chop them and they... Hmm? Stop them, and all other butcher and prostitute and whatever that he has to initiate, and all the lepros and hemorrhoid people that touch him, embrace him and pray to him. Where do you think all this debt go? What do you think the master come here for? To drink tea and eat cookie? The master is a sacrificed lamb that is spoken in the Bible. Hmm? The God pers pers personage, God personif uh, personified to help his own children to lessen the burden of suffering so that they can be cleansed, purified and go home to be worthy to be the son and the daughter again in heaven. That's why the master has to suffer a lot. All the masters suffer. You name any master who don't suffer, they are fake. Yeah. Mm, just I remember now. Yes. It seems contradictory to all the teaching, right? That if you're positive, you're happy, 
Uh, you attract happiness and positiveness. That is true for disciples. <laughs> master is not. The master is different. In order for the disciple to be happy, carefree, and and uh, uh, you know how say free of suffering, the master has to pay the debt somehow, but in lesser degree. You see what I mean? But even in lesser degree, if too many together, then it's also a big bulk of, of, of debt. And even a billionaire, when he has to pay billions of dollars, it's still a big bulk of money. Ah. Mm. And if he asks for more, more than what he has, then he suffer more. <laughs> But the, all the masters are very compassionate. Even they know the road is suffering, they still do it. They have no choice, it's their quality. Sacrifice and love is their quality. They can't change. Yeah? Nothing can frighten them out of this job. They just continue. That's the way it is. Okay, what else? Yeah. Hi, Master. Master, if you ascend, sense. Can you still help us? Can. Yes. That we've spoken of many days already. Huh? Because you are so pure that you are in very high level and the Christ was like that and he ascended. And that's my my question. You Does still can help? Mean go up? Yeah. Yeah, still. I told you yesterday already. Oh, okay. We already... Uh, I say the master is not the body. The, the real master is not the body. Therefore, even the body goes, the, the connection remains. Yeah? And the transformation body is still here. The body is only for interaction right now, for the physical contact. So you can see, you can talk, you can pull out your problem. That's the only purpose, and also to suffer. <laughs> it's the only purpose of the, the, the physical um, body of the master. There's no need. The master don't need a physical body to help anybody. You understand? But in order for the master to contact with the physical beings, he has to be in a physical body as well. That's the only purpose. But once a contact is made, yeah, every disciple has a transformation body of the master because the master has thousand, million, trillion, 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 trillion of bodies can be limitless of bodies. Each one is assigned to one master. <laughs> so 24 hours, uh, take watch of that disciple until he grows. Okay? So it uh, doesn't matter if the master is still here or not. It's no question. Yeah. Bonjour, Maître. Bonjour. Uh, moi, ce n'est pas, pas vraiment une question que j'ai, parce que tout à l'heure, j'avais deux questions, mais j'étais en train de penser et mes deux questions ont été répondues à l'instant. Euh, c'est plutôt euh, quelque chose que j'aimerais dire. Euh, au début, j'avais beaucoup de questions. Je pensais à toutes sortes de choses, toutes sortes de questions en ce qui concerne le monde, en ce qui concerne toutes sortes de choses. Et euh, toutes mes questions ont été répondues les uns après les autres. Dedans, hein? Oui, à l'intérieur. Euh, puis à travers vos, vos, vos cassettes, euh, <rire> les vidéos, les, les, les livres, etc. C'est vrai. Euh, moi, ce que j'aimerais dire ça, parce que je sens que c'est important que je dise ça en tant que tel, c'est que tout ce que Maître dit est de la plus grande importance. Même la, la moindre petite chose, il faut la prendre importante puis la, la garder en tant que tel. Vous êtes gentil. <rire> Très parce gentil. Parce que 
c'est euh, dans son enseignement est contenu tout ce qu'on a besoin pour réussir et dans la méditation est contenu tout ce qu'on a besoin pour réussir et particulièrement on a tout là-dedans pour passer ce qu'on appelle l'âge d'or qui s'en vient en tant que tel donc euh, il faut vraiment prendre tout au sérieux la moindre petite chose euh, j'aimerais aussi vous remercier de, de nous avoir apporté un, un cadeau aussi merveilleux euh, j'aimerais vous remercier d'être venu nous sauver en tant que tel. Je sais, pour les autres, mais pour moi en tant que tel, c'est comme ça que je me sens. Parce que j'étais dans un monde perdu, à, ayant toutes sortes de questions. Et là, maintenant, je suis quelqu'un d'autre. J'ai un but, je sais où ce que je m'en vais. Et je sais co 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 comment y arriver. Mais merci beaucoup, Maître. Mmh, je vous en prie. Uh, hello, Master. I really agree with uh, this guy. That's what I think, too. Uh, I would like to say that I'm initiated since one year, and uh, I don't have a lot of experience, but all my life around me is more beautiful. Yes. Uh, I feel more noble. Yes. Uh, my relation is uh, better. Yes. My family, too. And I think, uh, I think this is the real miracle. Yes, 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 yes. And... Uh, Later, the experience, I think, will come if I continue to practice. Yes, of course. Uh, some people have experience every day, you know, inside, light and sound. Some people have just sound, and the light is faint or dim or only occasionally appear. Some people have light a lot and sound very dim. It's due to concentration. Yeah. And also, concentration power is different from each person, and karma and background and uh, integration with other and, and, you know, all kind of things. And... The, thing, the people and the thing they contact with. And sometimes they eat the impure food without knowing also, yes, and associate with somebody who is too heavy karma without them knowing, mm -hmm. yes, yes, and etc., etc., yeah? But um, when, even in such a case, their life changes drastically for the better all the time, and they become more loving, wiser, and um, more free from the burdens of attachment and you know, greed and lust and sorrow of this world. That is the fruit of the real, real, intelligent, diligent, and honest practitioner. We have to practice in order to have this benefit. I really think this is the way to change the world, to change ourselves. First. Yes. This is the only solution, I think. Yes. And uh, I would like to thank you for all this change and the courage you have to, to, to do all this work and all the, the thank you, you give to us. Thank, thank you. Yourself. And I'm very proud that you, uh, the, you are a woman and it's very important, I think, at this time. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You should be. I think it's, it's time for humanity to have a, a, a woman master. It's time now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, for a change, huh? male-dominated world. <laughs> for a change. Now, God just wants to show us that it's no male, no female. When you become a Buddha, or you are always Buddha. There's no such thing as woman cannot be enlightened, or cannot be a teacher, or cannot be God-realized. They all come from God. Where else? In fact, I tell you, from all common sense and observation, 
women are better equipped spiritually. Yes, I'm not uh, kind of discriminating. I'm just telling you now, since you have <clears throat> realized the truth. <laughs> yes, you look at your life, look at our life, and then you make the comparison. Woman in the beginning is equipped to be a mother, not a man. Man is endowed with physical strength and intelligence and uh, courage to go out into the world, to fight with the universe, to bring back the supply, yeah, and the comfort and the protection for the family. A woman are endowed with love, patience, endurance, and a particular common sense to take care of the household, you know, to make it beautiful and welcome for the husband to come back. Yeah? Man is not, uh, uh, <laughs> I would say, is not blessed with the ability to raise children and to bear all that uh, uh, details of a kid's raising program. <laughs> a hundred and thousand and things to think of. So women are more in detail, women more detail uh, capable, yes. And the woman has more common sense all the time. Whenever a man has trouble, he, if he can talk to his wife, the problem is three percent, uh, three quarters solved already. She always bless him with more wisdom and insight and encourage him to dig out his intelligence and uh, resourcefulness within himself and love him. And he, she can love him and love the whole children as well. But the man is uh, hardly can stay with children for so long. But they can do greater things, require strength and, and courage, you see. Actually, it takes a many lifetimes to become a woman. Many lifetimes. <laughs> uh, many lifetimes uh, of male experience to enable you to become a woman. Yes. Men had to gather a lot, a lot of information, a lot of common sense, a lot of experiences in order to be a woman, to be able to raise another human being that is God incarnated, in, in order to bear that burden for nine months, sometimes many burdens. <laughs> yes, without complaint, with all love and with all patience, with all excitement and expectation of a new life to come. So man is not endowed with all this patience and common sense. So in fact, woman is more spiritually advanced. That's why all the suffering comes to the woman and she can bear it. She can bear the PMS, <laughs> the menstrual pain, the labor pain, the, 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 the bearing pain, you know, and inconvenience of a year long or nine months, in some case longer, some case shorter, and she can bear the burden of raising children for 20 years at least. It's easy to go out and earn money, I tell you, it's more clean-cut and less responsible, less bothersome, ne? less nerves cracking. Yeah? You are with a kid every day, 24 hours. But, but the woman can do that. That's why women and children are more close. And that's why sometimes men are jealous with his wife when the kids are born. Because they're so close to each other, they talk, they eat, they chat chat all day long, and the men feel kind of left out. So, 
so women do have to be careful. After you have kids, try to protect your husband's jealousy, you know. Because he has the right to. Suddenly there's some being coming between them. <laughs> he used to have all her for himself, all attention on him, and now it's divided. And maybe he even have none left. Yeah, so the man feel very hurt, and some of the marriage break down after the kids arrive. And the man doesn't even understand why, and the woman also don't understand why. They cannot pinpoint what the fault. It's just a lack of affection and attention. So do try to make a lot of time for your husband whenever possible. Kids need attention, but your husband is more important. Without him, there's no kids. <laughs> and even without him, what would you do with the kids? You know, it will affect their future too, without a father. Huh? So for everybody's sake, take care of your husband. Huh? He's number one, anytime, all time. <clears throat> In the Bible, it also says, so, woman, uh, I'll say, subdue yourself, I'll say, give yourself unto your husband so that you can find happiness. In the Bible, it says something like that. Is that right? Is there any Bible scholar around here? Yeah, yeah, something like that. That's a good idea. Yeah. It means that you, you should, uh, I'll say, should. Uh, you should always pay attention to your husband, love him, be with him, support him. That's what it means in a white term. <laughs> okay, what else I have forgotten? Yes? Master, I just have to say this. Um, as Jesus said, that he was going to his father and he would send a comforter, you are that comforter <laughs> to us. Thank you. Thanks. It's wonderful. You are that comforter. You are omnipotent. Your spirit is omnipresent. That's why you're with us all the time. And you always say, not me personally, but not my personally. spirit. Yeah, not and it's a blessing. The God that we've been praying to for thousands and thousands of years, the spirit, that same spirit, takes up a new body from time to time. We are recipients at this time. To know this one, this comforter, thank God for Master Ching Hai. <laughs> Peace. Ah, any direct praise always embarrass me. <laughs> but never mind. Let it be true. Huh? <laughs> Hope that be true. According to your experience, it is true. Uh. According to my knowledge, I know nothing about it. <laughs> if it be true, if it serves you, it makes you happy and secure and bring you back to heaven, that's all that counts. Huh? doesn't matter I know it or not know it. I just be the very ignorant instrument. <laughs> and the more ignorant, the more happy I am. I can do it. If I see too much of the suffering waiting for me and ahead of me, behind me, in front of me, oh, I say, no. Oh. <laughs> Oh, she's scared. <laughs> yeah, we feel scared sometimes, you know, if we know too much. <laughs> ah, so God normally don't tell me too much suffering in advance. <laughs> he just wait until the mama says, here you are, you're on your own. <laughs> okay, is there anything else? Okay. Hi. Um, I have a question about, uh, Buddha said it's a blessing to keep good company, and you just said it also. 
My brother. Com- keep company? To keep good company. Oh, yes. Saintly people. Yes. My brother, uh, who I was really rotten to as a child, um, just moved to my home, just moved to my town. Yes. And he has a lot of heavy karma. He has a lot of bad habits. And he's kind of a wild man. Mm-hmm. And I love him very much. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of torn between whether or not I should spend a lot of time with him mm-hmm. uh, because I'm a new initiate and I need uh-huh. to get stronger in my practice. Understand. Yes. But I want to because this is the first time we've lived close to each other since we were children. Oh, and now just I'm, on time, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, brother, you have to spend a lot of time with your brother. Yeah, maybe you can change him. And in teaching you, you will grow, teaching him, you will grow too. You grow to understand many things that you did not understand before. God will help you. The Master Power will empower you to say things of wisdom and of love so that he may change to your liking. Then you will be your real brothers. Yeah? And if you cannot, it's okay. You still have to love him uh, for the choice that he made to live his life. But, uh, you know, you have to live your life as well. And to be, you be uh, more close to the real brothers <laughs> so that you get strength and, you know, you can fit the other one. Don't worry about it. Okay? Thank you. You're welcome. All right, uh, kids. Oh, brothers, sisters. <laughs> Father, mothers. <laughs> Time to take care of our solar plexus. <laughs> Center. <laughs> Go eat. <laughs> I haven't eaten anything since yesterday, and uh, I still don't feel hungry, but I think you do. Huh? Don't you? Wow, that's a miracle number two. <laughs> miracle number one happened at lunchtime that you ate all the things that they cooked. <laughs> Tomorrow, uh, tomorrow will be only uh, half day, right? Okay. I'm glad I took care of all of you last night. So today we just meditate together or talk nonsense, you know, chatting around unimportant things, like brother say. And tomorrow after lunch uh, we have to get ready for the evening. You know, huh? Okay, so be prepared for tomorrow. Put on your best stuff. Because I've seen some of other performance I put there. Of course, your performance make me yawn <laughs> many a time. But other performance put me right to sleep. No, I tell you the truth. Last time I was invited to India and, uh, and they performed, you know, I went to sleep immediately. <laughs> no, really true, it's true. And when my attendant want to call me, the guards want to call me, they take five minutes. I sit on the chair, but gone. Yeah, and the organizer, so they have to wake me up, you know, try hard. Yeah, it's just gone. It's just... So even if I scold you for making me yawn, be comforted that somebody else put me to sleep. <laughs> I don't mean it as a criticism, you know. I, they really did put me to sleep in Samadhi. <laughs> I'd say, oh, what else? I better go check up there. You know, here is nothing for me. <laughs> they have tried their best, of course. You know, they have tried their best. But nothing like you. Not even the color, you know. They're very casual. They wear things, you know, that they used to wear ten years ago. And things like that, you know. 
But I, I'm a colorful person, you know. We are colorful. <laughs> we like everything that God created to us. We like all the color that God has bestowed upon us for our eyes, for, for our pleasant liking, for our happiness in life. So we make use of everything that God created. That's why we are colorful, we are happy. I like it that way, and we will still remain that way. Every other thing make, put me to sleep, you know, very quickly. <laughs> yeah, the, I sit on the chair, a lot of, dig, you know, lots of dignified people around. They invite a lot of people, not just us. Uh, there is a, a spiritual organization. They're also very charitable, very famous in, in, in Pune. First, their name is Pune, you know, the city. When they invited me, they put Pune. So I thought it's another city as well. Yeah. The name is different, the organization organized are different, and the city is different. So I didn't have no suspect. And when I go there, <laughs> you know, their group performs something, and then I just went to sleep right away. So at least you're a little bit better. You just make me yawn only, huh? <laughs> so try your best tomorrow, huh? Whoever, whoever be in the performance tomorrow, you know, the supply in performance, uh, please try your best. Uh, don't, don't make me sleep, huh? Okay, huh? Yeah. <laughs>